When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, kinfolk? Welcome to the number one ranked show. I am your host, RJ Young. Thank you for watching on the Fox Sports app, YouTube, or listening wherever you get your podcast. And today, we're going to talk through week one of the United States Football League. I was privileged to be in Birmingham over the weekend covering three of the games. There's a fourth game on Monday night that we'll talk about a little bit later on, but I want to give you my five takeaways from this weekend. But first, I want to introduce you to Birmingham Stallions quarterback, J.M.R. Smith, who is a graduate of Louisiana Tech. The last time that he had played college football was, or excuse me, football at all, is December 2019, and he won that game. He goes into the Birmingham Stallions, they play the New Jersey Generals, and he wins that game. Perhaps he will start later this week and give you something to look forward to. We talk about just what it was like for him to join the USFL to reunite with Coach Holt, who was his coach at Louisiana Tech, the kind of players that are on this team, the all-star staff that Holtz has put together, and what it felt like to win the first game of the inaugural 2022 season. Let's talk to Jamar. All right, and I am joined by Birmingham Stallions quarterback Jamar Smith. Jamar, how you doing, Doug? Doing wonderful, man. I appreciate you for having me. Nah, man, I appreciate you making the time. I got to see the first game of the inaugural United States Football League well, season. Man. And, man, it was such a great atmosphere on Saturday night. Y'all come out on top against the New mm -hmm. Jersey Generals. And at the end of the game, you went straight up to Coach Holtz, wrapped your arms around him. Tell me about that moment. Nah, man, Coach Holtz... Uh... We go back to 2014, you know, you could say when I was in high school. That connection was built right then and there, and uh, they gave me an opportunity to play baseball, which was, you know, exciting thing for me being a two-sport athlete in high school. And then with Coach Holtz, man, just been through the ups and downs for sure, just the head coach, the quarterback, you know, always with the game plan, always with the wins and losses. But, you know, we have a connection there, you know, when, when I'm on the field or whenever anything. We have a sense of urgency to know what's going on and what to expect and, you know, just have to have fun with, with the system. Hey, man, like, I was really amazed at how you bounced back in the second half. As I told you in the post game, it did not start well for you. Started 0 for 4. Y'all looked out of oh, sync. Yeah, and you used this term, <laughs> this word that I have been leaning on all weekend, rhythm. When rhythm. did the rhythm start to click for you in the second half against the Generals? Uh, I think that's the second drive when we, I think the drive when we got, you know, um, we got going a little bit. Uh, I think uh, CJ, he ended up scoring that that drive, I think. And um, I know I started off 0-4, just trying to get in the rhythm myself, get with the guys, you know, with the name and numbers that we have. And um, just trying to get my feet, you know, going, get my, my body going with the game. Because um, like I was telling some people before, I haven't touched the field in a game-type atmosphere since uh, December 26, 2019 which was the last bowl game that I played at um, Louisiana Tech when uh, we played uh, Miami in the Independence Bowl. So, you know, just trying to 
you know, get that motor going out there, get the guys going and, you know, build that camaraderie with everybody and just, you know, pull the train together for sure. Hey man, don't 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 short yourself. I watched that game. Y'all won that game. Don't don't. Hey, yeah, look, you know what I mean? Like you ain't you ain't got to slow play it over here, dog. Uh, I know, all good, all right? <laughs> I know what you about. But also on that, right? We're talking about three year, two and a half, two and a, two plus yeah. years of not playing yeah. football. Why did you want to play exactly. in the United States Football League? It gave me another opportunity just to play football, man. I really love this game and. uh I think what really got me, you know, really fall more in love with the game is uh, I was coaching at a, a high school in Shreveport, Louisiana, uh, Huntington High School, while I was coaching the quarterbacks. Uh, we have a, a great quarterback, uh, Cameron Evans. Uh, he, he's going to be a name that everybody's going to know pretty soon. But uh, just being there, helping him out, you know, understanding, you know, offense, you know, live to some of the coaches that's there and, you know, seeing the high school game forward, it just really made me miss, you know, the game that I love so much and, I used to throw with the guys there, you know, the receiver court we had there. I used to just throw routes with them and just to keep me going, just to make sure I'm always intact with it. And whenever that call came, I was always ready. So, you know, it's just a great opportunity for me and all the other players just to, you know, have this league for, you know, a lot of guys that just want another shot just to play football for sure. It's one thing for Coach Holtz to call you up and ask you, if you would like to join him with the Birmingham Stallions. Mm -hmm. Another thing for you to be backing up Alex Magoo, what mm -hmm. has that relationship been like for the two of you? And then what was it like for you to come in on emergency duty? Mm -hmm. No, Alex is a great guy. When he, uh, I remember our first meeting, you know, just introducing ourselves, man. I, like I told him and everyone else, man, I'm just here to help, you know, because if anyone knows Coach Holtz, I probably know him, you know, one of the best. I've been with him for, you know, about five years, you know, and this going on six years, but you know, just being, you know, each other's helper. You know, we're all competitors, don't get me wrong. So when we go out there on the field, we always try to compete with each other. But we're also there to help each other with what's the read here, what's the read there, what's our drop, working on different techniques to try to, you know, improve our game. So, you know, when the time came, uh, in the game time when he, you know, got injured, you know, Coach Holtz looked at me and said, you know, get warmed up. And uh, I went to him. I didn't know what was going on, honestly. And I asked him, he was like, you know, I'm good. And I saw him go in the tent, and I was like, you know, something's all right, you know. But uh, he's a warrior for sure. He's a great guy, like I said, phenomenal athlete for sure. And I, he can definitely run, I can tell you that for sure. But, uh, you know, I'm praying for him, wishing him well. And, uh, you know, we're going to continue to work. Now, I'm surprised that you said that you know he can run because I associate oh, yeah, no, you I with being the runner on that team, right? <laughs> no, I mean, like, okay, run, okay all right. I kind of <laughs> no, want to see that. Magoo I want to see what that looks like. You know, could, have to run, man. Yeah, man. Um, all right, so you played for Coach Holtz at Law Tech. You know what the playbook was at Law Tech? Mm -hmm. Is it the same playbook with Stallions? It's a little bit of the same. It's a little bit of the same. It's a, it's a uh, minor adjustments, but, you know, it's still the same system. I ask because I wonder how much cramming you had to do, or more to the point, how much teaching were you having to do coming from a coaching background into a setting where <laughs> dudes have to hurry up and learn this in three weeks. Most definitely. Most definitely. You know, the role of, you know, being a quarterback kind of expanded with me for sure. Just trying to make sure everybody was on one accord, you know, and like when I, um, when everybody got signed and, you know, we had the roster updated, uh, Zach, our um, our guy, he sent me everybody on the offensive uh, side number and name so I could text him. And I, I let all of them know, you know, if you got any questions, just let me know. I'm here to help because, um, I want everybody to understand the offense is pretty, it's pretty unique. It's pretty ABC, but it's pretty unique with what are the, uh, all the variations we could do within the offense. So, 
you know, it's a is history has been documented within his offense that it could be very electric, you know, and I I can say I pre, I like his offense pretty much for sure. So, you know, just trying to, you know, help out with the guys that have any questions or concerns, just making sure everybody, you know, can go out there and have fun and execute at the highest level. I'm going to ask this, but I'm going to preface it by saying the USFL football is on sale at the USFL shop. It's going for 150 okay? Very proud of these footballs. I'm going to get one. I'm going to get one. I'm yeah, saying all this. Most definitely. Did you keep the game-winning football? No, I did not. Oh, no, did man. Not. No, they didn't give not. you the ball? No, I did not. No, I did not. I and honestly, I wasn't even paying attention to it. I was more about the atmosphere of the game, man. It was just so electric out there. Just being out on the field again, you know, I felt like I was telling one of my buddies, I felt like the kids just been out there just so happy just to be on the field. The the energy was amazing. The fans that came out was outstanding, man. It was like like Coach Ho said before, I thought the booze was coming as well because we weren't doing too good on offense. But, you know, they backed up the team, they backed up the defense, and, you know, it was a very electric energy out there for sure, man. It was it was it was exciting. I was quite honestly amazed at Most just definitely. how quickly the Birmingham Stallions fans adopted the Birmingham Stallions. Like Most we're not just definitely. talking about, you know, there were no boo birds, but when y'all needed to go get a score, y'all mm-hmm. having to walk over to the sideline and tell everybody to be quiet. And I'm going, what yeah, is that? <laughs> what is happening? You know what I mean? And Most we had such a great yeah. crowd. It was a, uh, I think it was seventeen thousand five hundred folks had turned out oh, for right this there, first man. game. And it really did live up to the billing. How did it feel to be going, A, with a 35-second play clock, and B, got a 10-minute turnaround for your halftime? There's mm-hmm. lots of little things going on that I felt like affected the game. Yeah, halftime was definitely pretty quick, man. I went in there. I went to the restroom, got something to drink. Coach Holt said a couple words, and we were right back out. I was like, you know, it was a quick turnaround for sure, but it, it keeps the game going. You know, it's a you know adjustment we all have to get used to. You know, every every team has to go through it for sure. And uh, I know the thirty-five second play clock, it it definitely speeds the tempo up for sure. You don't have enough time to you know be lack of days go at the line or do all the talking that everyone loves to do. But that's a part of the game. But you know, the game speeds up when it's you know thirty-five instead of forty. So you know, in and out of the huddle, have to have a sense of urgency. You know, breaking the huddle, have to have a sense of urgency. And you know, being ex being a, a highly execution offense is you know, that could be great as well to, you know, get the ball going down the field for sure. Your coaching staff is pretty studded, and I didn't know how much of this you mm-hmm. might know. Probably you know in a bunch, mm-hmm. right, because you're an old, older dude on this mm-hmm. squad. But guys like Larry Kirksey, right, who coached Emmitt Smith mm-hmm. and Jerry Rice, you know, your own coach, Coach well, Holtz, got a national championship under his belt. You got Bill yep. Johnson over there from the LSU. Mm-hmm. You got John Chavis, Broyles Award winner at Arkansas. Well, Do you definitely. ever remind your teammates – of just what kind of coaching talent they're around. No, we no, we talk about it every day. Like we know the you know the coaches we have on our team, you know, the the energy they bring, you know, the expectations that they want as well. So we go out there every day, especially in practice, and try to put the right product on the field and make sure that we understand the assignment going into the game. Hey, it's easier said than done, but I and I say that knowing that Scooby Wright is over there basically doing your job, yeah, right? Playing quarterback <laughs> on, on, on the defense. What's it been like for the offense to go against the caliber of player that way? And I'm mm-hmm. going to remind the audience, 2014 unanimous All-American had one of the oh, great God. seasons in college football history yeah, for a man. linebacker. No, nah, just for three weeks we went against our defense. And I'll tell you, when it's, it was iron sharpening irons. One day defense got us, and you know, we had to go back and watch film to see how we could counterattack whatever it was doing. 
to try to get better. You know, we never try to game plan against our defense, but like I said, iron sharp is iron. We want to try to make the adjustments just because, you know, they're our defense. I mean, just, just like it might happen in the game. So it's going against them. You know, our D-line is fierce, man. They they got a great pass rush, I'll tell you that. And our linebackers are very fast. Like, I've seen them make some plays, especially in practice and in the game. You know, they just – they fly around the ball. Then our defensive back and secondary is there. They try to make plays. They're around the ball. They're not, you know, they're they're relentless. You know, they're going to try to get their hands on you for sure and physical, and that's a, you know, complete defense for sure. So we went against that for three weeks, and, you know, we both sides got better. I can say that for sure. Linebackers are fast, and they got great mouth hygiene. Yeah, how's <laughs> some of man. <laughs> uh, so for those yeah, of I've y'all never that, played with the two people before. I'm saying, for, for those of y'all that don't know, right, um, we have a man out here – with the floss pick in his teeth in the yeah. game. <laughs> I have questions. I have questions. Yeah, I want to know what I'm we the, were eating yeah. on the sideline, <laughs> if we were eating it all. I want to know if mama was like, hey, you need to have your teeth brushed because I don't want to see no butter on your teeth when they put this camera on you. I have so many questions that I want exactly. answered. <laughs> but man, Jamar Smith Most led best. the Birmingham Stallions back to win against the New Jersey Generals 28-24 in the first game of the inaugural 2022 USFL season. Congratulations to you, sir, and thank you so much for joining us here on I the number one ranking show. Man. Yeah, just very thankful, grateful for the opportunity. I just want to say thank you for it all. Appreciate you, man. Right on, bro. My thanks to Jamar and the USFL for making him available for the number one ranked show podcast. Uh, I enjoyed con- talking with him. As you can see, my man is having such a great time and really enjoying every minute of being in this league. And it has been a lot for so many of these players to adjust to being drafted February 22nd of this year and playing their first games on April 16th, April 17th, and April 18th, braving the weather, living together in the same hotel and making this whole thing happen. I'm really enjoying my time covering the league. And I want to give you my five takeaways from the weekend. So I'll start with number one. The first one is, this league is fun. It's, it's, it, it's so much fun. And it stands for all the things that I really thought that this league was trying to get across to us. Passion, innovation, and performance. We're seeing the rules come into play that have made the game more exciting, right? 35-second play clock. We have 10-minute halftimes as opposed to 15 or even 20-minute halftimes, depending on where you went to college, or what kind of football you are used to. We're seeing that moving the kickoff back to the 25-yard line has it better the field position for the offense, starting around the 35-yard line, and really scaring the heck out of some of these coaches who are really biting their nails every single time that they have to kick the ball off. We are also seeing just how important it is for you to have depth at your position. Because with Jamar, for instance, Alex Magoo goes down with an ankle injury. You're down to you're not just your backup quarterback, but your last real quarterback before you have to go do the emergency quarterback thing, right? That's interesting. We're also seeing the next uh, topic that I wanted to discuss here. There are players everywhere. Now, if you are a longtime listener of this show or even take it back to when I was doing my own thing on YouTube, you'll know that I am here for quote unquote the little guy. And I don't think it's the little guy because I'm short. I'm not little, right? I got that energy about me. Now, that said, 
There are players everywhere means literally there are players everywhere. So I'm going to give you a list of some of the universities that were represented in just the first game, okay? These are all players who scored or were responsible for scoring in the game that featured the Birmingham Stallions and the New Jersey Generals. Leon College in Batesville, Arkansas. That'd be Randy Satterfield, who has the honor of catching, scoring the first touchdown in USFL history. That ball, by the way, is on its way to Canton, Ohio, to be featured in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Leon didn't even have a football program until about five years ago, which is ridiculous, right? Like uh, seven years ago, about 2015. Texas A&M Commerce is represented here with Luis Perez, quarterback, who signed his contract with the USFL on April 1 and is taking snaps in a game on April 16th. And for those of y'all that do not know Luis's story, it is phenomenal. We will unpack it at a much later date, I'm sure. But start with this. He didn't play high school football. He taught himself to play quarterback on YouTube, and he's bowled 12 perfect games. That's ridiculous. Me saying this as a scratch bowler, I got two in practice, right? I got one 298 ring. They have 12 perfect games. He could be a professional bowler. No, he wants to be a professional quarterback. That's outstanding. South Alabama is represented here, right? Brayden Bowman, tight end for the Generals. He caught a TD pass. Florida International, Alex Magoo, he threw a TD pass. Coastal Carolina, CJ Marable, he scored a rushing touchdown. Of course, La Tech with Jamar Smith. Mississippi State's represented here. Osiris Mitchell catching a 35-yard acrobatic catch from Alex Magoo. Florida Atlantic with DeAndre Johnson, who rushed for 98 yards at the quarterback position, right? Helped them rush for 222 in that game. NC State, right, with Kerry Angeline, who started out at USC and was one of the better tight ends coming out of high school. That's just in the Birmingham Stallions, New Jersey Generals game. I am so thrilled that these players are getting an opportunity to play professional football and players that you might not have heard of before or players that you wanted to see play football again all over this league. The third takeaway that I have is Houston got some hitmen on defense, dog. All right, so I'm going to start with Ahmad Gooden, who's from Birmingham, who went to nearby Sanford University and had perhaps the best game of his life in front of his hometown crowd on Sunday when the Gamblers beat the Panthers 17-12. to He had three forced fumbles in that game. He had just two in four years at Sanford. He also contributed two sacks there. Donald Payne had 19 tackles, 13 solo in that game. And Reggie Northrup, who was on some outstanding Florida State teams, also outstanding in the middle of that defense, rocking the single digit. You know how much I love the defensive player rocking the single digit, especially in that front seven. I thought that perhaps we would see some offensive firepower, like some for real, absolute aerial attacks. Not so. These defenses came out to play, and that's pretty much across the board. We've seen outstanding defense, not just from Houston, but from the Breakers, who harried the Philadelphia Stars. We also saw outstanding defense from the Birmingham Stallions to kind of stiffen up there toward the end of their game. But the New Jersey Generals also had their own defensive stalwarts. I'm really interested to see which other guys step up in this league on defense. I mentioned again, Donald Payne, he comes out of Stetson, right? 19 tackles, you coming out of Stetson. That's phenomenal. And Kevin Sumlin, who is known for the offensive firepower that he has produced at Oklahoma, 
Houston, Texas A&M, and his quarterback development really got bailed out by the defense, and he said so. He's like, look, the defense won us the game, and they got some things to work on over there. Clayton Thorson had a day to forget, 9-17, 73 yards, a TD, and a pick, but if anybody can get that figured out, it's going to be the guy who started more games than anybody else, quarterback Northwestern, threw for over 10,000 yards, and a great quarterback's coach in Kevin Sumlin. But shout out Tim Lewis for what he was able to do with the Gamblers. That leads me into number four here. Which QB is going to emerge? Okay, so through the first three games of the weekend, we didn't see great quarterback play. As a matter of fact, I dare to say it might be the worst week of quarterback play that we see all year. Because guys that I expected to be great were still figuring it out and started to get and settle into the game as the game progressed. Guys like Shea Patterson, right, who started out abysmal in the first half, really came together in the second half for him. Same thing is true of Brian Scott with the Philadelphia Stars. I think you have room for improvement, but also gargantuan improvement because now they've seen these teams. They also have seen themselves, so they know who they can depend on. Guys that they want to throw to, I'll mention Brian Scott again. He has this building relationship with former Tennessee State wide receiver Chris Rowland, as well as former North Carolina tight end Bug Howard. I'm excited about that. Randy Satterfield and Luis Perez might be a problem. We'll see what happens with Osiris Mitchell, but I think Jamar Smith is going to figure that out. A guy that's six foot five, yeah, you're going to throw him the football. So you got some places to go over here for these quarterbacks to emerge, but it's going to be interesting to see which one of these guys steps up and becomes the best quarterback in the USFL. And finally, the New Jersey Generals, the New Orleans Breakers, and the Michigan Panthers can run the doggone football, all right? Like, it was wild to me that only one of the teams that outgained their opponent in rush yards won the football game. That would be the Breakers, right? And the Stars are a pass-happy offense. Like, Brian Scott threw the ball 36 times, okay? That's, that's not shade. That's just the way that they're built. Meanwhile, the Michigan Panthers put the ball on the carpet nine times. Let's say it again. Nine times. What? You had five from your quarterbacks. Three from Shea Patterson, two from Paxton Lynch. You had three turnovers. But they still were able to run the ball for over 170 yards, 190 yards, nearly 200 yards rushing. The New Jersey Generals went for 222 yards with DeAndre Johnson responsible for 98 of those. By the way, get to know Vito Victor and Trey Williams, who are outstanding tailbacks, but they did all this without Mike Weber at tailback for the Generals. They're only going to get better at running the football. And then the Breakers, Jordan Ellis showed out. I expected TJ Logan to do what he did, but to see Jordan Ellis have a great day for the Breakers has got to make you feel good if you're an offensive coordinator, Noel Mazzone head coach, Larry Fedora. Now you got some things to figure out with Kyle Sloter and the passing attack, but if you get that figured out, you've got an outstanding defense, right, with Sharif Miller and Javin Bellamy. That front seven was lethal. It's, 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 it's sort of disgusting. They also were able to score on special teams, punt block for the safety, excuse me, I almost said two-point conversion, where the ball went into the back of the end zone and out the back of the end zone. So we saw some great defense. We saw teams that can run the football. And running the football is a cure-all for what ails you. If you can do that well, you could probably get away with not being able to throw the ball well. But I was excited to see these teams play. They battled the weather, right? I'm, I'm in Birmingham on Sunday, and, I, and, I'll, and I'll take us out the door on this. But we started out Sunday morning. It's storming. It's lightning. We have a delay. 
okay, it's kind of cool. Rain's coming down. By halftime of the first game of the day, which was the Gamblers and the Panthers, man, it's like 70% humidity and bordering on 80 degrees, okay? Like, they were trying to figure out this slippery ball from rain, this slippery ball from sweat, and then staying hydrated. And again, there are only 38 active players on each roster. Remember, you play 11 aside, right? That's 22. So you really have to be in shape for this. And the pace of play demands that you be getting your conditioning in. It's really impressed with what I saw from each one of these teams that played on Sunday in particular. All right. For those of you that are joining us for the first time, thank you for being here. The number one ranked show covers college football and the United States Football League. We're going to do these weekly episodes for the USFL in addition to our regularly scheduled college football program. I'm excited about that. We're going to do some power rankings and get into just which teams feel good and which teams are really good. And don't be shocked if there's a team or two that is ranked ahead of another team that won a football game because, again, watch the games. If you watch the games and you're not just reading the stat book, some of this will make sense to you. If not, you're just going to have to trust and believe that I am doing my best to give you a really good overview and objective view of the USFL. Been covering this league from its inception, and I can't wait to see it all the way through to July 3rd, Canton, Ohio, Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium, where we're going to crown the inaugural USFL champion. All right, that is it for me. Deuces.